We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, as this year's NFL hiring cycle gets down to the wire, and it is getting down to the wire, we've got just two head coach vacancies remaining at the time of this taping. But big picture, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald's candidacy is seemingly as hot as ever. Super hot. And what's also hot, Bobby, are the calls from a certain percentage of the Baltimore's fan base, and this percentage keeps getting larger, by the way, who feel that the time is right now to move on from John Harbaugh and give Mike Mack his chance before it's too late. We'll give our takes on that later on. Yeah, we definitely will. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside Sarah Ellison. As always, it is Wednesday, January 31st, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. All right, I'm sad to say that we've got Shannon Sharp's latest Lamar Jackson commentary that's going viral, and this time... He compared him to the great Peyton Manning, so we'll we'll do the same. <laughs> Plus, Ravens right guard Kevin Zeitler finally gets his Pro Bowl breakthrough. Should have happened years ago, if you ask us. We'll also run through the rest of the list who's going to be there representing the Ravens and give you an update on Lamar's plans for that weekend. Yeah, we've got all of that and much, much more coming up, so thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Okay, Bobby, <laughs> the uh, the coaching candidacy uh, is still going, uh, but one person has taken himself off the list, and that is the Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. So he informed both the Seahawks and the commanders, who he's interviewed with, that he's staying in Detroit. This is according to Tom Palacero of the NFL Network. So Johnson, he's only 37, so he's you know a hot up-and-comer, just like Mike McDonald. And um, he's going to be a coaching candidate again next year, says Tom. But first, he wants to take another shot at bringing a Lombardi trophy to Detroit. So, Bobby, that's obviously relevant because uh, if you take him out, then that leaves even more room for Mike McDonald, who um, is also getting lots of praise. Listen to this from Ian Rappaport. This is his latest report on what they're saying about Mike McDonald. Yeah, and, and the Mike McDonald one is fascinating to me because, first of all, I've talked to a couple teams who interviewed him. It sounds like he has been really dynamic in some of these interviews. I had one uh, person involved with one of the head coach searches who said this was the best interview we had by far. 
He is young. He is bright. Sort of the defensive Sean McVay is how he was described to me. And the fact that Seattle was willing to wait until after the Super Bowl to talk to him gives me Shane Steichen vibes. That makes me think he is a really, really strong candidate in, in Seattle. We will see where it goes today, but certainly that is one to watch. All right, Bobby. So I, I posted that video, and I got a ton of reaction before I get to it. Do you want to give any reaction just to what Ian Rappaport said there? Well, just kind of highlighting what you just heard there, which is the most noteworthy part of it, if you ask me, and that's he's the defensive Sean McVay. I mean, that's, that's a Super Bowl-winning head coach. That's somebody who has put together a staff – Year in and year out, uh, so many guys underneath him have gone on to be head coaches in this league, and so it's incredibly complimentary. And and you just get the sense that his time could be now, right? Seattle and Washington both are looking at him hard. I'm just seeing uh, the latest here within the last hour at the time of this taping that Washington is down to five remaining candidates. Mike Mack, Anthony Weaver, crazy, two of their five remaining candidates are on John Harbaugh's staff, which yeah, I keep going back to what Jeff told us, Jeff Zarebeck during our first State of the Ravens during the bye week, that he felt like they had four to five at least candidates for either head coach gigs or defensive co coordinators underneath Mike. Underneath right. Mike on the same staff. So Bananas. That it's, is it's, bananas. That take is aging like fine wine. We'll tell you in the upcoming yeah. slides. But there's five remaining candidates in Washington. Mike and Anthony are two of them. Aaron Glenn, Dan Quinn, and Bobby Slowick are the others. So it is coming down to the wire here. It looks like Mike's name is just as hot as Dan Quinn's is, just as hot as Aaron Glenn's is. And, and here it is, right? We're coming down to the wire. There's two more left. But this is part of kind of a perfect segue to what your mentions have looked like today, what my mentions have looked like this week, and that is this growing call to do something right now if you're Steve Bishotti. So I'll hand it off to you for that. Yeah. So, well, first of all, on the Sean McVay, the defense of Sean McVay, Mike Mack could be that, but people have used that term before. I think a lot of people brought up that uh, Staley over the Chargers were, were, was called that, and that didn't quite work out. So, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past Mike McDonald to, to be, you know, a great head coach. But anyway, I, I just pulled four. I'm not going to read all of it. But I'm when I posted that, vid that video of what we just listened to, we've had, Bobby, as we know, really for the two years that we've been on the show together, there's been a percentage of the, of the, heart, of the fan base in Baltimore that was, has been ready to move on from John Harbaugh. And there is a percentage, by the way, that has a bunch of respect for him. I mean, especially as like a human being, a man of faith, a man that can build a culture, a man that can recruit free agents, veterans who want to be here. Just a ton of respect there, but but just feel like he's not getting over the hump with Lamar Jackson, right? So I'll just read a, a couple here. I won't I won't do it all. This is just representative of what's been in my my uh, mentions that just continues to grow. So Ronald Tooth says, we're going to let the next big thing in coaching walk out the door for another four years of, quote, things didn't break our way, and quote, that's just how the game played out, end quote. So we know that he's referring to, like, when they lose. That's kind of some classic quotes that we've heard before. Um, Thorfinn Carl Smethney, I have no idea if I said that correct. I apologize if I butchered it. He says, Steve Bashotti needs to make a call here. There's no way you can let one of the best defensive minds in the league walk out the building for the sake of continuity continuity with the head coach that's underachieved for a decade now. MJ says, I'm sorry, you don't let a young, bright mind like that walk out the door unless your head coach is a genius in his own right. Harbaugh is a great leader of men. I, I don't see him as a genius. Steve and EDC will regret letting him walk. Coaches like Mike don't grow on trees. 
there's more Bobby. I won't read them all, but that's basically the, the sentiment is people want to see, um, Mike McDonald be given the head coaching job. They don't want to see him go. Obviously he should go for a head coaching job. If, if all that's left here in Baltimore's defensive coordinator. So first I'll hand it to you. What are what are your, what is your reaction to this idea from a growing number of fans saying, please, Steve Bashotti, don't let Mike McDonald leave, make him your head coach instead of going into year 16 with John Harbaugh. Well, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. A lot of these people have, have, made some valid points and it's kind of a makes me think of a tweet that I put out for some Q&A sort of about a scenario that I've been thinking about this week Sarah and that is what if John and the Ravens fall short again next year mm-hmm. will Steve Bashotti feel the urge to make a change then Lamar is yeah. going to have completed the second season of a five-year deal that we know he signed last offseason he turns 28 a year from now in January of 2025 and so I just wonder could that scenario be a factor in potentially doing whatever it takes right now in the here and now to ensure Mm -hmm. that Mike Mack is around for at least the immediate future. And what we're going to discuss in topic two is look, cause cause Shannon went down the road of, of comparing Lamar's postseason performances to the, to those in the past of, of Peyton Manning, Lamar has time, but he doesn't have forever. And, and so each time they, they continue to, man, abandon their DNA in these do-or-die situations, that clock starts to tick a little bit. And yeah. ultimately, ultimately, it does come on the fall. It falls on the head coach, right? He is the, the ultimate decision-maker for this team. And yeah. while it's been different offensive coordinators coming in and out, different, different personnel, you name it, different situations and circumstances, he is, he is the lead guy. And so I think a lot of these concerns are valid. I don't think that, that he's – I don't think this is happening. I don't think John is going right. to be shown the door at all. I think he's going to have at least another year. Yeah. But I think w- w- it's it's totally fair, and I think it's within reason to ask these questions given given the way the league clearly feels about who they have in house. The league is telling you <laughs> about who they have in house. John right. knows what he has in house. He's the one that has seen him develop and 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 grown and sends him off to Michigan for a year and brings him back, and all of a sudden he's one of the game's great minds in year two. So John understands that. But the less the league does too, and and that's been a, a major testament throughout this hiring cycle. Where are you at with this? Yeah, so I I agree with uh, the vast majority of what you just said. I think it's fair. First off, I think it's fair to be like, um, this has been happening for over a decade now. Um, people feel like there's a ch- there's been a championship roster at least twice now in 2019, and then in 2023 where you have the league's best record, and then you go into it. And you don't just lose, right? It's not like, oh, it, it was a back and forth and then just just the last minute the other team pulled it out, but you played great, but they just played greater. It hasn't been that. It has been, as you said, uh, abandoning an identity and the DNA. Now, when I'm, when I'm posed with these questions, I try to put myself in the position, right, of the person that has to make the decision. So you've got Steve Bashotti. For Steve Bashotti to let go of John Harbaugh, and again, the questions and suggestions are fair. That would be a gutsy move that he and only he would be criticized for if he got wrong, right? So you're coming off of playoff birth after playoff birth. Granted, it hasn't been good enough. And you're coming off of a guy who's now in the um, top five, who's, who's, who's going to be at NFL honors, of whether or not he's going to be the coach of the year. He's not going to win it, but he's in the he's in the top five. He made the top five finalists. 
And you just made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. You, I mean, just think of the magnitude of the request you're asking from Steve Bashotti there, okay? It's massive. It's not something you just throw around. To me, if you're going to make that move, you don't do it for Mike McDonald as brilliant as he is. And here's my logic behind that. Lamar Jackson is the Baltimore Ravens. Everything, all success comes back to him. Before Roquan was here, after Roquan. Before Mike Mack, after Mike Mack. If Lamar Jackson is healthy, the Ravens are in, pl in the playoffs. They're in it. So to me, if you're going to make a head coaching change, you go out and find the equivalent of Mike McDonald on the offensive side. A fresh, fresh young mind that says, I know how to use a dual threat quarterback and maximize him. Then you don't just want to get that at the offensive coordinator position because if he nails that, after one or two years, he's gone. And then you don't get the continuity that you see in Kansas City. Okay? So to me, if you're going to make that gutsy move, it has to be for Lamar. It, because year after year after year after year, the Ravens have proven they can be a top 10, top 5 defense regardless of who the coordinator is. As brilliant as Mike McDonald is, and I wish he would stay. But it seems to me the Ravens are able to figure that out year after year, year after year on the defensive side. You, If you're going to make a change from a, this coach who the NFL world reveres, while I also understand the frustrations because I feel them too, I don't understand what keeps happening, why you have been in your DNA time and time and time again in the biggest moments. And so, but... You, but you have a guy that does build a culture. You have a guy where veterans do want to play with him. Stars want to play with him. And so if you make that move, to me, it's got to be for an offensive coordinator mind at the head coaching position where you can keep Lamar and him together without another team coming in to pluck him off from an offensive coordinator spot. The question remains, has John Harbaugh maxed out? And that's, that's a big question that I've also seen along these lines. Mm -hmm. Everything you mapped out makes complete logical sense to me. The question I've seen time and, time and time again, has, has John Harbaugh maxed out? He's gonna and that's get another the question Steve Bashotti has to ask himself. He's in there. He has, he has his fingers on the pulse better than anybody. And he's a smart guy. He, he, yeah. he became a billionaire for making smart hires. That's literally how he became a billionaire. Yep. So he has to ask himself. Has John Harbaugh taking us as far as we can? Or if I go to him and I have a tough conversation, because I don't know, I don't know that I see an offensive mind that I can have come take his place. And that would be up to him. He's got to go look for it. It's like, or do I have a tough, tough conversation and be like, and you've had tough conversations. You've had him with Ray before, you've had him with Ed before. So John's not above that, right? You have it with him. And you're like, this can't happen again. Yep. This can't keep happening where. It's not that we just lose, it's that we're falling flat on our faces. Right. And, and so he's got to make that call. Have, has John Harbaugh maxed out, or do I think if I, if I task him with a certain responsibility, will he rise to the occasion? And that's, only, that's, that's the decision Steve Bishotti has to make. One thing we know is that his hiring approach, especially in recent years, has been elite. This guy, though, came well before him, and now we know that it's final. Joe Hortiz been with the organization since 1998. Most recently, over these last several years, he's been the director of player personnel under Eric DaCosta, big time on the scouting side of things, 
just knows every single thing. I mentioned it earlier in the week. We used to do these draft profile prospects, and gosh, he knew every single thing. He is now going from John to Jim Harbaugh, as we expected. They've agreed to terms with him. He's going to be the new general manager of the LA Chargers. So it's a new regime over there. Congratulations to Joe. Everybody's been giving him his due because, man, it's long. I think we all kind of felt like, especially you being in the building, been long overdue, right? <laughs> Joe is fantastic. He, as I've said before, he was part of the 2020 club, which means that he was hired in his 20s under uh, Ozzie Newsome. And they say, you know, the original ones were paid 20,000, 20, right? So that's the 2020 club, although some of them were paid more than that. But since 1998, he's been brought up by Ozzie and he's been um, a duo with Eric DaCosta. And so with Jim and Joe over there, uh, Jim shares the same philosophy as John. Joe has the same philosophy as Eric DaCosta. So there could be, you know, a lot of targeting of the same of the same free agents and draft guys out there. All right, let's make sure we're catching everybody up to speed on the rest of the staff because it is being raided right now in terms of interview requests. Greg Lewis, wide receivers coach, he's going to interview, as already interviewed, I should say, with the New Orleans Saints for their offensive coordinator opening. He's a former NFL wide receiver. He won two, two Super Bowls excuse me, under Andy Reid in Kansas City before joining Baltimore this past season. So a hot commodity there on the offensive side of the ball. Denard Wilson, who we've told you about, he's the secondary coach for the Ravens. He is uh, interviewing with the Packers for their vacant defensive coordinator gig. He's also spoken with the Titans, Rams, and Giants. So again, here we have it. This is a lot of these guys are, are being highly sought after, including Anthony Weaver. He's been around the block for a long time in the NFL. And so according to Diana Rossini, he's interviewing for the defensive coordinator position at the Dolphins that Vic Fangio left. Right, or at least he was dismissed. I don't know how things went out down there specifically. He also spent hours on Monday with the commanders. As we mentioned earlier on, he's one of those five candidates that remain for the Washington side of things. So, Sarah, this is kind of the latest here, but uh, at least at least four members of this staff, at least. We haven't yeah. even mentioned Zach Orr, by the way. Zach Orr's gaining traction out there. So, yeah. What, it, what will ultimately happen if – I think Seattle and the command – I would imagine Seattle and Washington are both going to make a head coaching decision this week uh, as long as they're not waiting for somebody in the Super Bowl. And so if, say, Seattle, which, by the way, would be a great organization to work for. This isn't going to, like, the Jets or, like, oh, yeah. the Browns and all that. You know what I mean? So yeah. if Mike McDonald would go there, he'd want to take some people with him oh, yeah. from the Ravens staff. And so whoever that is, they're just going to have to decide. And then whoever's – who I don't know how that would work. Mike would leave – both Mike and John would probably offer a defensive coordinator position to whoever, Anthony Weaver, uh, Hewitt, uh, Zach Orr. And, but it sure seems to me that with Mike McDonald becoming head coach, two, at least two guys from this Ravens staff is going to become a defensive coordinator next year. This is what happened in Philly a year ago. They lost both their coordinators. It was tough to kind of sustain that same excellence this year as it was a year ago compared to you know their, their Super Bowl run. So, this is the challenge, right? You put together a staff that that put, that helps towards an entire season of where your top dogs, for the most part, they're going to get plucked. So we'll see how all this shakes out. Like I said, Zach Orr interviewing, or at least was requested an interview with the Green Bay Packers for their defensive coordinator opening. You mentioned Chris Hewitt, who's also been in the news as well. So it's more than four play. It's more than four staff members that are being looked at. On the to topic two, Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith had a conversation surrounding 
Lamar Jackson, of course. It's been a big topic of conversation since this loss took place on Sunday against the Chiefs. We'll begin with Stephen A. and then share what uh, Shannon had to say about Lamar. All right, Stephen A., bigger story. Mahomes going back to the Super Bowl or Lamar Jackson falling short? I think it's Lamar Jackson falling short. I hate to say it, but I believe that is the case. Um, Mahomes is great. He's phenomenal. He's the greatest ever. We get all of that. Um, they ended up scoring 17 points, even though that doesn't speak to how effective they were when it really, really yeah. counted and what him and Kelsey were doing. But the big story is Lamar Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect, it was a choke job. Let's just call it what it is. What is the definition of a choke job, Shannon and D.O.? It's doing what you always do, what you're accustomed to doing until the moment arrives and then you don't. That is the epitome. That is the definition of what we're talking about here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So should we react to that first? And let's then let's play push Shannon. Shannon in, then we'll, we'll okay. do them together, yeah. Okay, back to back. Here comes Shannon. Shouldn't we ask Lamar what we ask of our other MVPs? Of expectation, has Peyton Manning ever won a game in the playoffs in which the running game wasn't there? Of course, because that's what those guys get paid for, and that's why we look at them as great. Okay, now before we went on the air, you mentioned that he that was only a 15-second clip of what Shannon had to say. Did he agree with the choke job? Did you did you mention that? Yeah, he's basically saying he's agreeing with Stephen A. Okay, so you go ahead. You, yeah. you take first uh, first bite here. Well, first of all, Shannon Sharp is yelling 
in a way that it's like he's been personally wronged. Like it's funny, Bobby, because sometimes we'll have fans after after a game, right? Like fans who were one thousand percent invested and like are brought to tears and they're angry, so they're yelling. Them, I get it because they're personally invested. Shannon is like this journalist who covers the whole. Or I don't even know what to call him. I don't journalist. He's a commentator that covers the whole NFL, and he's yelling with such passion. As if Lamar personally wronged him. It's just like, my goodness, even Stephen A wasn't like yelling when he said it. You know what I mean? It just is like hilarious. So that's number one. Number one, it's like, let's let's bring the 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 anger towards Lamar down. Like make your point, but that's part of the disrespect of it. Like you're just screaming as if like he's like. I don't know, like murdered puppies or something. Like, like it's he just knows. crazy to me. I get the sense that he knows Lamar is not a fan of him. And and the reason why I say that is, and, and people have told us this time and time again, whether it's through Twitter, emails, in our live chats when we're doing live streams, or even comments in this section when we have Shannon Sharp-related videos. This goes back to some stuff years ago when Lamar did one of his first fun LJ Fun Day events down in, right. in South Florida where he right. gives back to the kids. And, and Shannon Sharp got up there when some videos went viral of Lamar playing on asphalt, right? He was playing with the kids on a basketball court. And he was going back and forth and, and doing one-on-one and racing kids or whatever. And he may have had flip-flops on. I can't remember or recall the specific video. But, but Shannon used that as a way to point out the other mistakes that he's made. We all remember the, the driving on the Instagram story. We remember the um, – and, and when I say mistakes, these were these were things that – he had to learn from, right? Obviously, you're not going to put up an Instagram story of you driving however fast he was driving with your right. hand, with, with a phone in your hand. It's not a great example to set. And quite frankly, it's unsafe. There, there was that. There was the beach jet ski thing where he almost ran into the jet ski. Shannon used all of those examples to criticize Lamar in this specific video years ago when he was still with, um, with Fox on Undisputed. And I get the sense that Lamar, Lamar based on a tweet of his in the past, he remembers this stuff. And and Shannon has always yeah because Lamar tweeted tweeted, said, tweeted that he was going to keep doing that stuff. Oh like, yeah. So he's like, would you rather the kids out there getting in trouble rather than playing with like me playing football yep. where I'm trying to encourage them and lift them up? I remember that. He hasn't. For, I don't think he's forgotten that. So sorry to get off on a little tangent, but somebody <laughs> somebody brought it back up. It resurfaced today as we taped this on the thirtieth, and yeah. it reminded me of of some of the deep seated stuff. Perhaps I don't want to put words in Lamar's mouth. But it seems like he he does he hasn't forgotten those remarks because of how important it is to him to give back to his community, which he has always done, whether it be in Baltimore or whether it be from uh, South Florida. Sorry about that. Maybe Continue. maybe that's it. I, I also think that another thing it could be is just what all humans do, which is that they want to be right. You know what I mean? And so he doesn't like it when people push back when he's and it's not. That's the difference. Oh, Shannon, Shannon, Chase, think, Shannon thinks that he's just holding Lamar accountable. And what fans are saying, no, you can hold him accountable. He play, he didn't play well. I mean, we can't hide from that. It's not that you can't hold him accountable. It's that you disrespect him. That's it. Like the money's worth. Go back to October. Yeah, is, is, yeah, are the Ravens getting their money's stuff. worth? It's like you're not. Yes. You're, you're, the Ravens aren't getting their money's worth, or or like why, or pretending that we don't think that you can hold them to a, to a standard or, and there are fans out there that like, for sure, no matter what you say about Lamar, even if it's slightly negative, but true, but, and still respectful, there are fans that will like get angry about that. Yeah, but they defend I think until, the vast yeah. majority of fans are like, listen, 
you know what? Hold them accountable, but like stop screaming at them. Yes. You know what I mean? That type of stuff. That's really the issue. But the but all he hears is that we're saying he thinks that everybody's just saying, oh, you don't talk bad about him at all. And he hears a, a and there are people like that, but he hears them and thinks that it's everybody. And it's just like, and it's this, it's the it's it's this also, it's this choke job stuff. So here's 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 the problem with it, Bobby, in in my view. Number one, so Stephen A defined a choke job as this doing what you always do until the moment it arrives and then you don't. Okay. <laughs> Lamar doesn't normally drop back and pass 82% of the time. He's a dual threat quarterback. And Bobby, I'm going to have to make this, we're going to have to make this a, a, a lead one day so I can go into it more. One of my off-season agendas is going to be that we not only accept and that we not only embrace, but that we celebrate Lamar's dual threat Completion as a quarterback, a complete yeah. quarterback, because I'll tell you this, because our, they're all, even the biggest Lamar fans fall prey to this. I will post, say like there's a game where Lamar goes off through throwing because that's what the defense gave him. And he say, say like he has a Jackson five, five passing touchdowns, right? His biggest fans eat that up. If I post another stat that is something historic about his rushing even his biggest fans don't eat that up. What is wrong with us? There are so many quarterbacks that can, that's what makes him great, that he can could be a dual threat. So if you don't, don't you're, you're falling prey to Shannon. You're falling prey to Stevens A. Smith. If all you celebrate is when he passes a lot. We just read a stat yesterday's, in yesterday's vault that Mahomes had the least uh, yards per pass than any other quarterback in the championship round because he took what the defense gave him. Mm -hmm. Don't let people shame you into celebrating Lamar when he runs. Don't let people shame you into that. And there's theories out there that maybe the Ravens themselves fell prey to that. And maybe that's why they wanted to pass so much. My personal thought is that the Ravens panicked. I think they saw KC go down and score seven right away after the Ravens went three and out and they panicked like it was going to be a shootout and abandoned the run. That's my theory. But there's others that, that are out there saying that, you know, maybe, maybe they too were like, not, not only do we want to win, but we want to win in a certain way. So, I, I, so it can't be a choke job by, by Lamar. If all season he's more 50, 50 pass versus rush. But in this game, he's 82% pass. That's not doing what he normally does. Now, I will say there were times where I felt like he could have run on a scramble and he didn't. I felt like both him and the Ravens clipped his own wings, so, so to speak. I, I'm actually borrowing a phrase from Skeptic on that, clipped his own wings. And, and, and he didn't, they, whether it was Munkin or Lamar or Harbaugh or all three of them, they didn't lean into that. But it can't be. So if it's a choke job, why is the headline that Lamar choke job? How about, to me, there was a choke job by the offense and the Ravens. And heck, yes, Lamar is part of that. Yes. But it started, as we've talked about, from Harbaugh and Munkin. Why isn't that on their ticker? Why isn't that the question? Was it a choke job by Munkin? Was it a choke job by Harbaugh? Or it was a choke job by the offense? It's always Lamar. But, Bobby, that is the world we live in, and we have to accept it, that the, 
quarterbacks get the most credit when you win and they get the most credit when you lose. That's, that's the world we live in. But the reality is, is that uh, Lamar did not play well, but he also was not put in a position where he excels as his best self. He wasn't put in that position. And he was, he was, he was off deep throwing as he, as he hasn't been perfect all year, but then that, then we get in this game and that's all he's asked to do for most of it. So to me, it was a, it was a choke job because the Ravens panicked right up from the gates and Lamar did not play well, but it's just, it's, it really is too bad that it all comes back to him and then it has to be yelling at him. And, and I, that's my agenda, Bobby. That's what I'm going with this year. I am going to have an agenda to celebrate all sides of Lamar, including the running, and even his biggest fans need to do a better job of doing that. On top of not abandoning your DNA in do-or-die situations, if the Ravens are going to want to move forward past this step that they haven't gotten to, they took a step this year, but in the Lamar era, if they want to get to the Super Bowl, they are going to have to have an answer for what you just outlined. If you get punched in the mouth first, okay, yep. if, the, if the game is dictated by your opponent right from the jump, yep. Yep. You have got to be able to respond. If you cannot respond and evolve in game to that, th- there's no way they're going to get to the pinnacle of where they want to be. And so that, that's that's something that, on top of everything you just described, it, to me is an overarching. So it has to there has to be a solution for that. Let's get to the Peyton Manning conversation because you heard Shannon Sharp compare, and we'll do it one more time because we got on a little bit of a tangent there. Here, here's Shannon comparing Lamar to Peyton. Shouldn't we ask Lamar what we ask of our other MVPs of expectation? Has Peyton Manning ever won a game in the playoffs in which the running game wasn't there? Of course, because that's what those guys get paid for, and that's why we look at them as great. Okay, so let's go full screen here for our YouTube audience. This and is. I don't back- think we need to go through all that, Bobby. Maybe if we just go through the t- the the couple top two, because that's the point, right? Of like no doubt. The, the playoff record. Okay. No doubt. And and by the way, they got the same exact playoff record through their first six years. Yep. Okay, the same exact AFC Championship game record through their first six years. This is all through their first six years, by the way. And and for those in the audio only space, you go into divisional round records, wild card records, completions versus attempts, passing yards, total touchdowns, interceptions, so on and so forth. And they are very similar, strikingly Almost similar, identical, almost right? identical. Right. Yep. And and by the way, Peyton Manning. It took nine seasons. He ended up becoming a two-time champ, right? When it was all said and done. But it took nine seasons for him to win his first Super Bowl. Lamar has time. Lamar has time, but he doesn't have forever, like I said earlier on, especially if those who are in decision-making positions like we just talked about continue to make these just boneheaded decisions when it comes to abandoning their DNA when when they're in do-or-die situations. So just thought I'd bring this up because that wasn't the best example to use, was it? No, no, it's apples and oranges because here's the thing. If if Eli if if Peyton Manning had the number one rushing offense <laughs> and the offense they ran away from that, then yeah, that would affect him. So it's apples and oranges. He notoriously like, threw it Peyton for 50 Manning, plus times. <laughs> right. Peyton Manning throughout the year. It was not built around rushing. That's not what they were built around with Peyton Manning. Manning and Lamar are two completely different quarterbacks, and that's where he is getting it wrong again. So, like, the equivalent, the more apples-to-apples comparison, if if the offensive line didn't show up for Peyton Manning and you expected him to do it anyway, or what if his wide receivers didn't show up and you expected him to do it anyway? That is more equivalent to the Ravens took away the rushing threat 
You know what I mean? Like that, like it's apples and oranges when you're talking about historic rushing numbers and then the Ravens abandon it. If they had abandoned going to their best wide receivers or if they had like taken their best offensive lineman off the field, then that would be apples to apples. It's two completely different offenses for, so for him to say, well, he did it without a rushing offense. Well, yeah, he did all season. That's how they were built. On to some Pro Bowl notes. Yeah, now I'm yelling. <laughs> you do so out of passion. Maybe he does as well. Who knows? Well, he he probably does. But I this is the difference, though. Is like he's 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 not supposed to be like we're we're Ravens, right? That's what we are. That's we're a Raven show. He's he's not. But anyway, go ahead. One note here as as we talk about Kevin Zeitler in just a second. This is just coming in. Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick has agreed to a new deal in Houston within the past few days. Includes a significant raise. So he is going to stick in Houston for at least the next year. So that is one name to cross off the list in terms of what Washington might be looking at. Right now it's down to four. Mike McDonald's still in that group. Uh, And by the way, some big Orioles news that we'll say for quick hits. Unbelievable from an ownership standpoint. It's it's been a busy recording time here on the timeline. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Zeitler has been named to the Pro Bowl. Finally, congratulations to Kevin. Congratulations to his wife, Sarah. This is long overdue. Uh, He's replacing Joe Tooney, who we know. Missed the AFC title game for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is well, well-deserved, partner. I'm going to give my comment on this, and then I'm going to dip out for you to do the rest of the uh, quick hits because I got a roll. Yep. Uh, very happy for Zeitler. I wish it didn't come as a replacement. But at this point, you got to take what you can get because it's been a long time. And and uh, maybe if you get there once, people will you have it more in your mind, right? Because it becomes a, a cyclical thing. So... Uh, congrats to him, and I'm sure Sarah, is, who's his biggest cheerleader, his wife, is loving loving it right now. She's so, awesome. I'm out. You want? Yeah, you want this, or you're all set? No, okay. you got it. All, all right. right, sounds good. Have a good night. <laughs> so Lamar is not going to be playing in the Pro Bowl at least right now, according to the final roster sent out by the NFL. Meaning he's probably not going to be there at all. Not a surprise, right? As Brian Wacker noted here, here's who will be there though: Kyle Hamilton. Tyler Linderbaum, Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, Justin Tucker, and the aforementioned Kevin Zeitler. So there's your group. Lamar's got bigger fish to fry. Not surprised whatsoever, especially coming off the loss. So no Lamar in Orlando. What about the game itself? Because this one was was a hot commodity in terms of viewership. The NFL on CBS said that uh, it's the most watched AFC championship game ever with more than 55 million viewers. Uh, it peaked with more than 64 million viewers. That was at peak. And now CBS Sports leads all networks with its best postseason viewership since the NFL returned to the network in 1998, including back-to-back 50-plus million audiences. So obviously, the NFL is in pretty dang good shape right now in terms of overall interest and exposure. And I always wonder, the people that say they haven't watched since the players kneeled, are you guys actually not watching? I don't know if I believe that. John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta are going to address the media for their classic end-of-season press conference coming up on Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Sarah and I, of course, will be in live form as soon as this one finishes up. We'll gather our clips, we'll get prepared, and we will do an instant reaction live stream as soon as that press conference finishes up, probably at some point after noon on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. There's going to be a lot to discuss based on that. One roster note, according to Jeff Zarebeck, cornerback uh, Trey Swilling becomes the 10th member of the Ravens practice squad to sign a reserve future deal with the team. And that was according to Tuesday's transaction notice. So 
that is the latest there. And then let me just give you a quick little brief thing that happened, a note here. <laughs> it's not just a small note. John Angelos, longtime owner of the Orioles, has agreed to sell the club to two private equity billionaires, including David Rubenstein, who was rumored to be in on this for months now. So there you have it. Wow. These two private equity billionaires are buying the Orioles for over $1.7 billion. That is music to my ears. And hopefully, whether you're a Ravens fan, Baltimore sports fan, Orioles fan only, that's music to your ears. It is a change in guard in Baltimore, and this was long, long overdue. We'll, we'll pick it up there. Sarah and I, of course, will be back with you on Thursday morning with a vault for you as we cover, really around the clock here, the Mike McDonald situation that's unfolding. He is a hot name right now, and it sure looks like he could potentially fill one of these two remaining vacancies at the time of this taping in Seattle and Washington. As always, if you enjoyed this specific piece of content, please like the video and subscribe to The Vault, not only here on YouTube, but across all platforms in the audio-only spaces as well. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, you name it, we're there for you, and we appreciate you. It's a year-round podcast. Just because we're entering in the off-season doesn't mean that uh, we're still we're not going to still have plenty of content coming up for you. So I appreciate you for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning.